Doctrine and Devotion is sponsored by Mission Aware. Mm. Like them. I love them. John, what's his name? Jeff Landon. Je- I called him John. I know you did, but I don't that's know. Fine. You, you're friends with him. You guys met at Disneyland or something. I don't, don't know what worry that's about all where about. we met. And it was, out not, it was we were not inside Disneyland. Oh, it was Disney World? No, which one's which? I don't know. I've never we been were in to Florida. Okay. I, I did not meet him inside. Oh, really? The, was it just outside? Yeah, it was. was he, it was at the resort. He was coaching you through like the best. Yeah, okay. I don't want to okay, talk about. He, it. I he never, was okay. coaching me through. Oh, okay, You're right, right about that. Well, here's the thing. And then he gave me a bunch of stuff. That's what he does. He's generous. He's like, a very generous guy. Listen, Mission Aware is a sponsor that we like. We only work with sponsors that we believe in that we like. Mission Aware is one of and those that things. Pay. And, 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 <laughs> and they and they do have to pay. Here's the thing. Mission Aware is creating these amazing yeah. statue busts of some of the greatest theologians of all time. Mm. You need to go to theologianstatues.com to learn more. Stay tuned, and we'll tell you all about it later in the show. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Did you hear that episode that we just recorded with Stephen Kapalchek? Well, I did hear it, Holy but our people smoke. have not heard it. No, they have not. They're going to have to wait till Thursday. They're going to wait till Thursday to hear it. That thing was that great. Was good. That Ooh. was That was fantastic. That little teaser, it's on the persecuted church. And little teaser, uh, he might become my new host. I might be letting Shut you up. go. That's not funny. I might be letting that, you go and bring it on Stephen. All right. Um, that's not going to happen. Because I, I own 51% of the company. First so of all, we all have, know that. First of all, so you've got 30%. I have 51%. You do not have Because I am the celebrity, and we all know that the Brand. What's our bank? It, what's our bank? Yeah. Just name our bank. America, bank America? No! <laughs> you don't know what the bank is. Nobody. It doesn't. U.S. Bank? American Bank and Trust. No! America, America, it's, it's, it's a Republican-sounding bank. That's what I know, because it's all about America. It's got a flag on it. I love the fact that you don't know the name of our bank. I get the emails. It tells us what's in there. Then I try to log in, and it's like, you do not know the password. You not, and you do not have access. And then just show, me your, just show me your card. Okay, I do have the card. Where? Let me see it. On my phone. Oh, that's right. You do yeah, a photo. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I'm spending that money, yo. <laughs> I locked you out. Uh, no, you didn't. I got it. You can't lock somebody out. I forgot the, I forgot the card no, I number. I, I, the I got a back. new card. You didn't get a new card. I got a new card. How's your week going? It's going It's going well. Yeah? Busy. Really? I got, I got a really busy October. Just really busy. That's weird because you had a busy September. Uh, yeah, and I probably had a busy August too. Yeah, so I? it's just like, so it's yeah, just, yeah, it's just it's busy. a new normal. Nah, it's the it, new normal for you. Yeah, I know. Okay. I know. Up until... February. Uh, oh my gosh! You know what? I have we we we, we actually don't get to hang out a lot. Because, I know because you know you're busy. I'm busy. I know. Busy. I know. But we had lunch the other day. We did. That was nice. It was fun. Went to Barrel and Ryan. It was good. It and was we nice. walked in and what did they say? Oh, you're back. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> we missed you. I was like, yeah. yeah. Of course, they were winking at you because you go there all the time with Steve McCoy. First of all, mm-hmm. I don't go with Steve McCoy oh, and Brian Malcolm. Okay, you might have me there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I take Michelle and the kids. We'll and like Brian meet Malcolm up there. and Steve McCoy. Yeah, yeah, not me. Yeah, I, I take okay. my wife and kids. Listen, there. all I know is you paid for that lunch, and I appreciate it. You're welcome, bro. No, You're you didn't. Actually, yeah. we paid for that together. Okay, well, never I mind. paid for it because it's seventy thirty. So it was it's more my money. It was more my money. money. For that. <laughs> we don't get paid, but we can get lunch every like oh, once every three months. You're welcome, Joe. I hope you enjoyed <laughs> yeah. those wings. They, they, those were good <laughs> those wings. Those are good wings. Those though. are so good. Those are really good. How about you, man? How do you feel? I know you've been uh, uh, you've been busy. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, it's good. Like, uh, Jen's back. Everything's yep, Jen's good. Jen's back. And uh, everything's good. Everything's perfect. Everything's mm-hmm. easy peasy. Lemon squeezy, man. What? Yeah. What? Is that a real thing? 
Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, we used to say lemon, lemon, easy, squeezy, Japanesey. But then that was like a racist thing. You couldn't say that anymore. So then it turned into easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So, you know, when I grew up, it was like people were a little bit looser with the... Uh, people were more, were more racist. They were, just, they were just a little more tolerant I, of okay. racism. <laughs> I was about to say, there's no way they're more tolerant. You know, in the 80s, we were a little bit more tolerant of racism. Of racism. <laughs> and bigotry. <laughs> Racial jokes, you know. It was a little goodness, bit more... Goodness, no, goodness. People weren't so tight back then. So, yeah, no. Stop uh, it. Things are Stop easy. It. Things are... Uh, no, things are good. Things are good. It's been, uh, it's, it, it's, it was a, it's a rough summer. You know, I think it was tough. It's been, man. Uh, it's been, it was tough for everybody, you but know? Dude, pretty soon, oh, we're, we we're, get to go to New Zealand. We're leaving. We're getting oh, out of here. We're done. We're saying bye, Felicia, to America. <laughs> to America. <laughs> <laughs> we're going first class. Well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. We're going first class. You're going to tell everybody? I'm going to tell everybody we're going first, first class. First of all, it's United Polaris. <laughs> yeah. That's even better okay. than first class. Oh. But it's it's only because Jimmy has a lot of miles. <laughs> we can't actually afford first class. No, there's no but, way. No, but Jimmy's no got way. so many miles because he has to travel so much for his company. He very graciously. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I had, well, you should be thinking Michelle because I had to give. I I use my oh, miles. She, I, I could use my miles wherever I want. Yeah. You use Michelle's miles. Well, that's okay. She's used to flying Air Canada, which is like a cargo plane with chickens flying around in the back. So you, I think. Uh, all right, my Canadian knows, friends, I got to ask you this. Yeah. Why is Air Canada so expensive and you get nothing? I don't understand it because that is Canada. No, it is the it is I I oh, whenever we have thank to go you to Canada, Jimmy. thank you Air for Canada. seeing the truth. No, no, no. Canada Canada's terrible. No, Canada's fantastic. The worst Air Canada ever. is the worst. Yeah, because it's run by Canadians. No, Air exactly. Canada is the worst. WestJet exactly. is good. Cheap, I don't forget and it's Can- cheap. Canada attacked the U.S. Capitol one time, and that's it. That's all I got to know about them. They're terrorist country. Well, when was that? When was I don't that? remember the years, like eighteen something, eighteen twelve. Continue. Uh, it's the exact. Terrorists, terrorists. <laughs> only because now build the wall dude, up north. That's yeah, what I'm doing. Only because I was, you know, I think it was 1812. Because that's all they kept talking about. As soon as I moved to Canada, was two things: the War of 1812, yeah, and uh, the movie. I can't remember with Rick Moranis, Strange Brew. Strange Brew. That's okay, all they Strange kept Brew about. was their greatest accomplishment because they, you know, they go, oh yeah, you want to watch it? Think we're all hosers? Think we're all hosers? Strange I'm like, Brew. I don't listen, know. straight. Okay, I'll, I'll give Canada this. Strange Brew was a great movie, only because it was Rick made Moranis. by, it, but it was made in America. It's okay. Stop it. What is wrong with you? What? Hey, you know what we're going to talk about today? Uh, what are we going to talk about? What, 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 what is it? What, what, oh, it's a Monday episode. It's a Monday. We're going to look at chapter seven. Pull it oh. up so we can do this. I'm ready. I'm I want to get out of here. Okay. Well, it, my, no, it's it, our time. No, yeah. Oh, really? How, are you going to hang out after? Well, no, I'm, you're I'm, not. What time is it? It's 5.51 p.m. <gasps> I oh, okay yeah yeah you gotta go don't no, you? no 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 I got mm-hmm. time for you yeah, oh, yeah, whatever you want five minutes yeah no 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 I got time for you all right sixteen eighty nine let's okay. get through this your sincerity it comes very comes clue, clue, through very clearly when your voice goes up two octaves what are you talking <laughs> about <laughs> <laughs> all right so sixteen eighty nine chapter seven paragraph one we're just gonna do paragraph one we're gonna right. work through this covenantal stuff you want me to read it you're gonna read it why don't you read it paragraph one all right the distance between God you. and the creature you're is so, so great you're a jerk. you started this by the way I know it's your fault continue. That although, continue, the distance between God and the creature is so great that although reasonable creatures do owe obedience to him as their creator, yet they could never have attained the reward of life but by some voluntary condescension on God's part, which he hath been pleased to express by way of covenant. What? Covenant. We're going to talk about it, yo. Yeah. So, um, listen, bottom line. God has always dealt with the world and with his people in particular through covenants. Always. God has always and will only relate to people and his people in particular Mm -hmm. through covenant. That's a fact. Jack. Why'd you feel like you had to say Jack? 
uh, because there are some uh, theological people out there that don't agree. And that's okay. We can disagree. And it's possible that we're wrong. Of course, it's possible. It's like a 0.02% chance of us being wrong, but probably not. Um, So why don't we just talk about in general, Jimmy? All right. Yeah. A covenant. Just in general, big picture, what's a covenant? I mean, in general, uh, it's it's a contract. It's a contract between two parties, two individuals. In this case, we're talking about God and humanity. Right. Now, you you deal a lot with contracts. Dude, I Your have, whole life is covenants. My right, gosh, my whole life. And actually, the one, <laughs> the one contract I'm working on now talks about covenants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, so that's actually what I'm doing after this. Yeah. Is I got to read another. Another <laughs> covenant. Another covenant. <laughs> it's a contract. It, it's an agreement. Mm. It, it's a promise. Now, there are formal definitions. Okay. Um, uh, RBC Howell. In fact, I actually brought this book with me. There is a great book. That especially you Baptists, especially you Southern Baptists should read this book. All right. It's called, oh shoot, I grabbed the wrong one. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Now, who's that by? Oh shoot, it, it, I grabbed it, the wrong it's, one. It's by Joe Thorne. They both look the same. I brought- a, What'd I you bring? What'd you bring? What, Joel okay, Osteen, your I best bought, life no, no, no. now? Okay. I brought a remedy for wandering thoughts in worship. Mm. I was supposed to bring uh, the covenants by R.B.C. Howell. Ah, the Cross and the Covenants by R.B.C. Howell. Right. And I, I didn't bring it. Thankfully, I'm Thank- familiar with the book. All right, good, good. <laughs> so, Joe, okay, R.B.C. Howell, listen, R.B.C. Howell was the second president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Okay. All right. And he's that, that old. He's that old, but reformed, covenantal, because that's our heritage, Joe. Mm. Southern Baptists. That's right. Traditionalist. Yeah. So is slavery, but still. Stop. Uh, stop. We're only, we're only though, talking about one thing Theologically, here. Theologically, this is you know, Stay on topic. So R.B.C. Howell defines uh, a covenant as... Um, uh, a mutual uh, consent or agreement between two or more parties. Um, you know, it's like a contract, basically yeah, yeah, is yeah. what he says. And um, in the most general of senses. And then as it relates to God uh, and man, it, it has to do with divine promises mm-hmm. made, uh, the threats of punishment made in those things. Um, or, just, or just consequences. There's, yeah. there's a consequence for not meeting the terms of the covenant. And the consequences, though, are punishment. Even... Even implied upon himself, right? Um, like with Abraham, when God himself walks between the sacrificed animal and the ratification yep. Yep. of this covenant with Abraham, he is saying, may I suffer the consequences. When you would walk through those things, you're saying, mm-hmm. may I suffer the same uh, consequences of this animal if I break the covenant. Of course, God doesn't break the covenant because mm-hmm. he's faithful. This is why old Palmer Robertson, not a Baptist guy, uh, he defines a covenant uh, or these divine, these biblical covenants as a bond in blood, mm-hmm. sovereignly administered. Bond in blood meaning it's an oath, promise, uh, contract made between God and man. Um, it's a bond in blood meaning you know there there are dire consequences yeah. if that if they are broken, but it is sovereignly administered. It is established by God. So, Joey, I mean, you kind of mentioned that that God deals with people uh, through covenants, right? Like right. that that uh, uh, throughout history and throughout Scripture, we see uh, these covenants between God and humanity. So, what would you say then, as we uh, kick off um, the sixteen and I chapter seven? What is kind of that that first covenant between God and man? Yeah, that's what we're talking about here. Like that, that's what the the Baptists are talking about here in uh, in seven one is that covenant of works. Okay, so um, there there are some great books that uh, that we would encourage you to read. Uh, just a couple. Uh, one, there's a little one on the covenant of works by Richard Barcellus, and then there is a larger one called Getting the Garden Right by Richard Barcellus. Yeah. So we're going to link to those in the show notes, and then we're going to be giving away some Reformed Baptist Academic Press books uh, in the coming weeks. Mm. So stay tuned for that. But uh, Barcellus and the Reformed Baptists and and Reformed theology in general 
would define the covenant of works as a, um, a, a, a essentially a, a, a promise made to Adam as our representative head that if you will obey me and do what I call you to do, mm-hmm. you will enter into uh, an eternity through the tree of life and you and your posterity will dwell with me forever mm-hmm. in peace. Uh, but if you disobey, there are dark, dire consequences for you and yeah. for your posterity. Um, it's a it's a covenant of works because it is built upon Adam's faithfulness. Yeah. He must be faithful to the to the commands of God. And let me I'm going to bring up scripture here so I can actually we can actually get into this. In, yeah, please in do. Genesis. Yeah. You know we're always super prepared on the podcast. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay, so now that I'm here, um, when we're looking in Scripture and we're considering this very first covenant, what are some of those covenantal? What are the what are some of the stipulations that we have in Genesis one and two, Jimmy, that relate to the responsibility that Adam has? Yeah, I mean, um, it talks about uh, tending the garden, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about tending the garden, uh, naming the creatures, uh, not eating. Not eating other. That's the big one, right? That's the big one. Not so eating of the one fruit. Be fruitful and multiply. Yep. There are all these to be like exercise dominion. Correct. Um, but the the cent, the centerpiece of this is do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yep. The day that you eat of it, you will die. You're gonna die. So you must obey me. Eat from all the trees, not this tree. If you eat of it, you will die. Implied is if you remain faithful, you will not die. You will live, live forever. forever. Yeah. And there is this this blessing, this uh, there would be this opportunity if he were to pass through this probationary time of of eating of the tree of life. So when you go to Genesis chapter three, uh, verse twenty two, it says this: Then the Lord God said, "Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever." Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man. And at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Mm. This is really important in terms of establishing a theological purpose for the expulsion and establishing the, the consequence for the breach of this commandment and, their, and, and this covenantal relationship. It's a covenant because God said, do this and you're going to live, do mm-hmm. this and you're going to die. That's a bond in blood, sovereignly administered, as old Palmer Robertson says. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like it's it's fairly clear. The word covenant isn't used, and that's where some people get. Yeah, some up. people are gonna say, "Well, how can you say there's a covenant?" But all the elements, people, you know, uh, scholars would say all the elements though of a covenant yes. are found in the you know uh, in scripture here. Exactly, exactly. So when we're um, when we're talking about the you know, the the covenant of works and the covenant of grace and all of this. Uh, and the, the, the 1689, uh, some people would say, like, some people want to point out, well, you know, the 1689 actually takes a lot of stuff out as it relates to the covenant hmm. um, in, in, in its hack of the Savoy and the, and the Westminster. So, you know, what we want to do is we want to point out that although there are, you know, omissions and there are things that are moved around, uh, the, these Reformed Baptist theologians very clearly did believe in the um in the in this idea of the covenant of works for example if you go to uh, chapter 6 verse 1 we've already covered this mm-hmm. 
But just listen. Although God created man upright and perfect and gave him a righteous law, which had been unto life had he kept it and threatened death upon the breach thereof, yet he did not long abide in this honor. Satan using the subtlety of the serpent to subdue Eve and then her seducing Adam, who, without any compulsion, did willfully transgress the law of their creation and the command given to them in eating the forbidden fruit, which God was pleased, according to his wise and holy counsel, to permit, having purposed to order it to his own glory. There mm. is, there was a righteous law. Had he kept it, it would have uh, resulted in uh, life but he broke it. We can also go to chapter 20. Yep. Chapter 20, paragraph one says this, the covenant of works being broken by sin and made unprofitable unto life. God was pleased to give forth the promise of Christ, the seed of the woman as the means of calling the elect and begetting in them faith and repentance in this promise, the gospel as to the substance of it was revealed and is therein effectual for the conversion and salvation of sinners. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into the covenant of grace later on yeah, later as we on, walk yeah. through this, but <clears throat> let, let's just make this really clear. Who did, Adam, who did Adam represent in that covenant? You and I, all of us, all Every humanity. Every human yep. being, right? You all are in Adam, Romans 5. Everybody was represented in Adam in that covenant, and Adam, you blew it! He blew it, right? He did the wrong thing, and we with him did the wrong thing. We disobeyed God. It brought death and condemnation and sin and corruption into the created order. It was a covenant of works, meaning it was based upon Adam, the first Adam's faithfulness to the law. Yeah. Now, as Christians, it's important for us to have an, a good understanding of the law in, the, in our lives. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people that... Um, that get this wrong. A lot of us get this wrong because we hear the Bible say things like we're not under law, we're under grace, which of course is true. But what that means, what that means is that we are not under law as a covenant of works. As Christians, we have believed in Christ. Our sins have been forgiven. Christ has righted that the breach of that first covenant. The second Adam has come and, um, and done everything that is, that is right. And so what we want to do is we want to talk about the place of the law in the life of the believers. Yeah. But before we do that, we need to talk about the place of missional wear in the life of believers. <laughs> Which is actually really, really important. And uh, you know what? Missional wear is sponsoring today's podcast, and they've uh, uh, they've got a Kickstarter going, Joe. Have you, have you checked it Listen, out? Listen, Kickstarter is hard. Most Kickstarters fail miserably. They're difficult. We have a guy at our church that does them. He has a record label, and yeah. he, he, he knows does, how to do it. He does them he exceptionally kills, well. It's one of the rare ones. Yeah. Missional wear has blown it up. That's it. So if you go to theologianstatues.com and you'll see uh, what what they're doing is they're they're offering these theological bus yeah. of scholars. Uh, we've got Calvin. You've got Edwards. Annie Armstrong. Got, wait, what? No. No. <laughs> you, got, you threw Calvin, Edwards, Spurgeon, Luther. I mean, you just go take a look. Theologianstatues.com. You'll see these are really beautifully crafted. Uh, they look really nice. You use these. Th- these are the things you can set on your desk to look mm-hmm. like a baller, or you can actually, they're functional. They hold your books in place exactly. on your shelf. So, you, so they don't fall over. Like, you know how you got that accordion effect? It'll mess your bind, the binding, the spines of your books up, man. It's not exactly. good. So, basically, these are chiropractors for your books. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what these statues that's what these are. They are, are chiropractors, yeah. Okay. So, like witch doctors. So yeah, you go there, you make a pledge, and you can pick, you know, one, two, three, four, whichever you want. But guess what? 
He's given away two of them yeah. this week. This No. Stop. Yes, it is. He's, yeah. He's, so you go to the show he's not, notes. He's not giving away two. He's giving Don't away believe two. what Jimmy's saying. He's not he's he's giving away two. He's giving away two? Yeah. Two. Two. Which ones? Spurgeon Calvin. Jeez, that's awesome. Spurgeon Calvin. And so- Wait, uh, wait. So we're giving away two. No, no, he yeah, is. No, we are, though. No, we are. But through us. No, but he so, is. Yeah, but we are. He can't, he can't do it without us. No, no. He, You're welcome, Mission Aware. We're, the, we're your federal head. <laughs> So anyways, uh, head out of those show notes. You can grab grab the graphic, uh, grab the description, grab the hashtag, and you're going to want to share that all over social media. Um, and the, on Friday, going to pick some winners, and you or pick a winner, sorry. One winner will yeah, get two. Uh, two, you'll get Spurgeon and, better than, and Calvin. It's better than giving two guys one. I like I like that one person gets both. Well, that's yeah, cool. you, for, for your books. Yeah, you know, that's why he's thinking. He's like, oh, no, people are going to want two. Uh, that's the way it should be. And what, what's cool is, is his Kickstarter has already surpassed his goal. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, this is happening. This is real. Get this in is on just it. icing. This is, it's the cherry on top. Everything is cherries, cherries. Everything is, is cherries on top. <laughs> <laughs> we are too well connected. <laughs> so anyways, uh, theologian, I can never pronounce it. Theologian statues. Theologian yeah, statues. You're reading the spot, man. I'm not no, reading I know. it. No, I'm just saying statues.com. Yeah. I always mess it up. Theologian statues.com. You know why? Because these are theologian, theologian statues. statues. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I can never pronounce it. Yeah, theologian. It's a hard word. It, it is yeah. a hard word, guys. Yeah. Stop it. Stop yeah. it. No, it's hard. I agree. I know. Stop. No, I'm, I'm agreeing. Theologianstatues.com. Oh, you're so pretty. Stop. I hate you so much. All right, man. So let's talk about the law in the life of the believer. Now, the best way uh, that the church has summarized the use of the law mm-hmm. is... How, what, how, what is it, Jimmy? How, what is the best way that theologians have articulated the place of the law in the, in the life of, of, of people today. Are you talking about the three uses of the law? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Three, three uses of the law. Three uses of the law. Yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah. If some people deny well, one of the uses. Yeah. Which one? They probably, it was the first one. They don't like the first uh, one. No, they no. like the first one. I think they don't. No, they don't, no. They, they, don't talking, like, they don't like the third one. Oh, you're talking about Tullian. Talk about what? You're talking about Tullian. Tullian. Is it Tullian or Tullian? It's, I don't know. Tullian. I can't even pronounce theologian. I know him, but I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Tertullian. Tertullian Tuvision? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Not quite. Um, all right. So, yeah, the, the, the third use of the law is great. But let's let's kind of walk through them. Um, the believer is not under law as a covenant, but, yeah. we, but we, we do embrace the law in these three uses. What's the first use of the law, Jimmy? Yeah, I mean, that the law of God is a mirror showing us our sin and God's righteousness. And it shows us our need of a Savior. So as we mm-hmm. look to the law, we see how good God is right. and how wicked we are. Right. And how we cannot meet that standard mm-hmm. and our need for a savior. We need righteousness. We don't have it. We need redemption. Like we, we need these things. Yeah. Basically, read Romans 7, people. Just yeah. go read Romans 7 and Paul unpacks all of this here. Um, it's really helpful. So yeah, we're the, the law shows us. The way I articulated that in my first book called Note to Self. Yep, Note uh, to Self. <laughs> is the law shows us what's wrong. And yeah. what's wrong is us. Yeah. We've broken God's law. We have not done what's right. He is good and we are not. The second use of the law is that it is a restraint against evil, the threatening of divine punishment, the consequences for breaking God's law or breaking law in general, right? So like uh, the reason that a lot of us don't do wrong things in society, mm-hmm. uh, even if they're not absolutely wrong, they're just culturally wrong is because we don't want to get a ticket. Yeah. No, like I, I just yeah. got another one. Did you really get a ticket? Jen, Jen just said, yo, here's your mail. And I was like, oh, cool. Here's my mail. And right on top 
she'd opened one. I don't know why she would open it, but I was like, why'd she open my mail? And she opened it and it's folded. I like, I like how you're offended that I she wasn't offended. Your I was just, she usually doesn't do it. I'm just saying. She could open up my mail. I don't care. Wow, why are you hiding? But it was weird. I don't hide it. it what are you weird. hiding? I'm not hiding. Well, here, I'll tell you what I'm hiding. What I would want to, I would like to have hidden this because <laughs> she took out what was inside the envelope and folded it open. So there's a photograph of me speeding uh, in, I don't know where I was, somewhere out near uh, the, the Woodfield Mall. And it was one of those cameras that takes pictures of people when they're the, speeding. Oh, the illegal ones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Obama or Trump or whoever's to blame. <laughs> Somebody's to blame. Not Thanks, me. Mayor. Okay. Brown Emanuel. So yeah, hundred dollar hundred dollar ticket. You're not gonna pay it. I did. I just I took it right out of my pocket. Aww. So anyway, the law is a a deterrent for evil through the threatenings of punishment, and we, we see this in scripture uh, in, in a number of places. But and this is actually applicable to non Christians and Christians, yeah. people that don't believe. It. It's the threat of punishment is a deterrent, right? Yeah. That's the second use. We don't talk a lot about that. We, we we in the Reformed tradition, we love to talk about the first and the third in particular. What's the third use of the yeah, law? Yeah, the third use is that the law of God reveals what is pleasing and what is offensive to God. Mm. So the third use of the law tells us what's right. Yeah. The, the law is, and how we and what's good for us and how in in yeah. the way we should act and live and conduct ourselves. Right. The Puritans used to talk about it like this. They would say the law remains a godly rule for living, right? Mm. It, it's like it's good for you. It is beautiful. It shows you what's right, right? It's so it um in, in that sense the law is very very useful. You, the, the, <clears throat> there's this mistake out there that uh that that some Christians are making where they would say uh the law only condemns. The law yeah. is of no use in your sanctification. But the reality is, is the law is a part of God's word, and God uses his word to sanctify us. That's right. So um, his word, both the – the uh, the um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Precepts? Yeah, the, the, the precepts. Yeah. You're welcome. That's not the word I was looking no, for. No, 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 precepts. The I got uh, you. imperatives. Yeah, there yeah, yeah. Precepts, the, the imperatives. Offsets. The, indi- <laughs> the offsets, the biceps, <laughs> the uh, triceps, the triceps. <laughs> the, the Bible is very muscular, is what we're saying here, guys. <laughs> it is a strong word. <laughs> it is mighty. Uh, so that was so dumb. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that's on you. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna say that's on you. But 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 the law in the life of a believer yeah. remains a means of grace because it convicts us of our sin and it shows us the way that we're supposed to go. And so what we want to do is we just want to encourage you guys in, in three ways, right? In light of the law, right, we're, we're not under the law as a covenant, but yeah. we remain under God's law as a rule for godly living. So what does that mean for us, Jimmy? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think we need to know God's law. We ought to be studying oh, scripture. Like all Ten Commandments. Jimmy, list them. Yeah, you know, hey, I don't want to show I'll, I'll wait for you. I don't want to show anyways. No, I don't want to show here. But you got to know, you got to know, but, you know, God's law is is... Yeah, there's the Ten Commandments, but there's more to it, Joe. And I hope that you would understand that and not be so legalistic. And so uh, in protest to you and your legalism, I will not fall uh, for your trickery. But we should be knowing God's law. We should be studying it. We should be memorizing it. We should be delighting in it. Um, and so, I mean, it's it, how could we say that we uh, are believers in Christ and that we strive to follow Christ without knowing what the law of God is. Right, right. I mean, listen, read Psalm 19, read Psalm 119, um, the, 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 read, read Romans 7, right? The law is holy, just, and good. Mm. It, is, it, is a, it is a lamp unto my feet. Right? I mean, the, the law, God gives a, listen, the law is not your problem. You are your problem. This is the, like, we think, oh, the law well, is bad I'm, because it can. I'm my problem? You are your You're own hurting my problem. feelings. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot you're a Democrat. Um, <laughs> I'm not a Democrat. You're not? I'm not a Democrat. Oh, when we were talking Stop. about, we were, we were just recording an episode with Stephen Kapalczyk. I'm you, not a Democrat. You were hating on the Republicans. I just assumed you were First of all, I always hate upon the Republicans. Okay. Continue. Well, see, I hate it. I, I'm an equal opportunity hater. No, you hater. are not. You are not an equal opportunity hater. You, ask, you are not. You, you are an anarchist. You just want to destroy everyone. Equal opportunity <laughs> hater. That's what an anarchist is. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think we, you know, we we need to push back against that idea that the law is our problem. The law is not your problem. You are your problem. Yeah. The law is good. And for those who have been redeemed, it's very good because it shows us the way that we're supposed to go. I love that you're saying that. No God's law. Let's just add to that. You should love God's law. Yeah. Take you, delight. You should love, you should hate the part of you that hates God's law, but you should love God's law. Yeah. How can you not love it? It. Listen. God doesn't arbitrarily make up things for you to do. The things that he commands you to do in his law stem from his character. He's not just I was about to say, it's not like, you know, us as parents that are just oh, giving right. busy work. Yeah. All right, just clean that. And I'll go clean that. And yeah. I'll go clean that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what happened the other day? Go pick up them sticks. I came home mm -hmm. and all my kids, all four kids were in the dining room around the table. And I'm like, hey guys, what's going on? And they're like, you know, we have to stay in here until somebody admits to messing up mommy's candle. <laughs> I said, well, what happened? Well, somebody like messed up the candle. It was all melted wax and everything, and they put their fingers in it. And they jacked Stop it. it. All we up. all know what's Bonger and Maybe, but continue. Well, it was definitely one of them. I, exactly. uh, so everybody's <laughs> sitting there quietly, and nobody. And I, I was like, oh, okay. And I went to Jen. I'm like, ain't nobody confessing. Like, that's not gonna happen. My kids are not confessing to this. <laughs> Hour later, ain't nobody confessing. You guys, and so you guys never followed through on it. Oh, what was it a follow through? I See, didn't. Okay. I, it wasn't my. I didn't so you, I, yeah, but you couldn't support your wife. Oh, I did. I did. I supported her when she said, "All right, everybody, get out now." <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody. Oh, admitted. For real. When's had, when's May May gonna admit it? Well, you know, you know, she listens to some of these, so well, she might May, take May, offense. I, she she May, said May, she didn't do it. May May May, stop it. The law. Come on. The word of God says, do not bear false witness, May May. Go repent. Unless you are bearing false witness against her. May what if it was one of her friends that was over? What if it was one of the Kapolchik kids? Oh, first of all, it's not the Kapolchik kids. Those kids are messed no, up. No, they oh, are not. They are dangerous. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. May May, you can go apologize to your mother. So we should know God's law. We should love God's law. Actually, now I feel bad if it wasn't her. I'm sorry, May May. We don't know who it was. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry, It was sorry, one May of my May. sinful kids. I know, but I'm sorry, I had May a May. long talk. I'm like, look, guys, here's the thing. I don't know who did it, but I'll tell you this. When you lie like this, you hurt mommy's heart. You hurt her heart. What? She doesn't know what to do here. If you just confess, it's not a big deal. We just tell you like, okay, hey, don't do that again. But like now you're lying to her. It's, one of you is hurting mommy's heart. They all went away really bummed. Hopefully they won't do it again. Mm -hmm. They probably will. Anyways, Jimmy. Anyways, sorry, May May, if you didn't do it. But if you did, go apologize to your mother. Repent. <laughs> all right. So we said, know God's law, love uh, God's law. Uh. And I, here, Oh, here we go. Unpopular opinion. Oh, what are you going to say? Keep God's law. Legalist! <laughs> you are a legalist. What are you talking about? You can't keep God's law. You're a <laughs> sinner, dude. You can't keep God's law. Jesus kept the law, so you don't have to. Oh, but does that mean just go ahead and live yep. your life willy-nilly? Live your best life now. Yep. Don't oh, worry about that law. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You know that's not true. We're, I know we're that's not true. We're called to keep God's law. Right. And yet we might strive for it. We know that we're going to fail mm -hmm. and that we have this hope and trust because Christ has perfectly upheld God's law, but that doesn't mean that we're to discard the law right. and, and because it is that which is good for us. Right. Listen, here's the thing. Jesus kept the law for you, so you can now chill as it relates to the threat of condemnation for not keeping the law, Yep. but you can now also vigorously and joyfully 
like pursue obedience to the law because of the spirit that dwells in you to further conform you to the image of Jesus. I mean, like that's exciting. So, you know, may, may keeping God's law would be, you know, repenting of if, jacking if, up mommy's candle. If it was you, I'm not saying it was, you but would. most likely you, you, you are bonger. It could have been, it could have been my 14 year old Elias. No, it was and not. It, Stop it. And knowing like, they're all going to blame May May. No, no. And he's Seriously. just smiling. He was smiling at me with this wry smile. No, he was. no, no, no. He was. No. He was looking at me going, no, 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 no. He was no. doing this. He was going, no, no. Mm. How about this? You know how they're not supposed to take donuts? I'm not trying to narc out of your kid here, but you know how they're not supposed to take the donuts? They don't take donuts. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. They yeah. don't until it's over and yeah, I tell yeah, them they yeah, can't. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Elias waits until then. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shh. He does. Shh. My boy knows. Shh. I may or may not have caught him. Nope. And I was like, hey, if hey, he's eating a donut, it's because I told him he could. Oh, oh, see? So you can blame me. So I like how you defend your son, but your mm-hmm. daughter, you're like, oh, my problem oh, was her. Man, she's messed up. <laughs> you know, boys will be boys, is what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> boys will be boys, but girls, you know, oh, I, I'll tell you right now, I don't believe women. I'll tell you right now. That's what I just don't. Wait, is that a bad thing? No, I don't I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> Here's the thing. We we do love the law, except when we don't, honestly, like yeah. when we're pursuing sin, we're not loving the law. Um, but when we read God's word, we are reminded of how good and how beautiful it is. Yes. We're convicted by it, but we're driven to Christ. There we find absolution. There yes. we find forgiveness. Yes. There we find a cleansed conscience. So as you're considering this covenant theology, we're going to give you some really good things to read. Um, as you're reading about this, uh, the, the covenant of works, know this, that though the first Adam threw us into ruin, through his disobedience to God's law. The second Adam, Jesus, yes. kept God's law perfectly so that he, we could be liberated from that the penalty of the covenant of works and live in the covenant of grace. That's Amen. our hope. Amen. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you mm-hmm. can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store. Oh, Joe store. Drop my cigar in the ashtray. Now it's got ash all over the part where I'm supposed to put it in my mouth. So good grief. Yeah, I know. Bye, 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 missional wear, whatever. Later. <laughs> Head on over to Thank you. Ash. Ash. Fresh spot every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays, video content, whatever. Later. Later.